Luke chapter 1, verse number 8. Luke chapter 1, verse number 8. And so we've got a lot of scriptures. We're going to read from verse 8 through 20. Amen. A lot of reading, right? I, I want you to understand the word of God. And that's why I, I, I want to give you, walk you through what it's really saying. And one of the things that I try to do as a minister of the gospel is in the interim of me teaching and preaching to you, I want to kind of show you how to read the Bible. You'll notice that as I go along, because I will point things out so you can start to think about as you come across things in the Bible when you read on your own time. Amen. Amen. Let's make sure you read on your own time. You can't just read on Sundays. You got to read on your own time. When you're not here in this building, you got to read your Bible because it's important that you understand the word of God for yourself. Again, Brother Ivan will tell you that in some religions, they don't read their Bible. They only come and hear the preacher read and you just take the preacher word for it. That's why we have false religion. Because if you're going to trust the man to tell you everything and you never check anything, you're going to get yourself in trouble. So when I read it, that's cool, but you need to read it too. And you need to go home and search it out and say, does that make sense? Luke chapter 1, verse number 8. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's, the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of God. So this is Zacharias we're reading about. And the bottom line is Zacharias is a minister. Back then he was a minister and he had responsibilities in the church. I'm giving it to you in today's terminology. He had responsibilities in the church. So that's what uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 8 through 20 was verse 8 through 9 was saying so far. Let's look at verse 10. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of instance. Let me stop there to point this out to you. While he was ministering in the temple, the people was outside the temple praying. What are you saying, preacher? It's not enough for us to be in the church service when God is being worshipped. Our hearts should join in with the preacher, with the minister, praying and worshiping God as well. So as the word of God is being preached to you today, as the word of God is being ministered to you today, what you can do while it's happening is praise God. While What you can do while it's happening is worship God. What you can do while it's happening is just allowing the Lord to work in your heart. But get involved. It's not. This is not some traditional church where you sit down and just stoically hear what is coming in and you take it in. No. You respond to the word by, if you got to pray, Praise, go ahead and praise. If you got to say yes, sir, say yes, sir. Whatever you need to do, but respond because whatever God is doing in your heart, let him do it. Don't fight it off. Just respond. Don't sit there stoic. Verse 11. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side. 
Isn't it amazing? Right side. Don't let that slip you. Right side. The Bible says Jesus was on the right hand of God. So just understand there are some things and terminologies in the Bible that you need to make sure you pay attention to. So the angel appeared unto him, and as the angel appeared, the angel was standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled. If you see an angel, you'll be troubled. And fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. So apparently Zacharias has been praying. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. This is talking about John the Baptist. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. Church, those of you that are sipping on the wine saying it's in the Bible, those of you that are sipping a little drink here and there saying it's in the Bible, I'm here to tell you, we just read it, that John the Baptist drank neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. You filled with the Holy Ghost, you should not drink wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from the mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. We are supposed to be a people prepared for the Lord. I know you like to do what you like to do. I know you like to feel the way you're going to feel and try to do what you feel like you need to do. But we are supposed to be a people that is prepared for the Lord. So you need to ask yourself, am I preparing for the Lord or am I doing just how I feel? And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I don't know, when I read this, this kind of made me a little nervous. So Zechariah asked these questions. All of a sudden, I don't know if I would just, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. But when I started reading this next statement, I said, Oh, Lord. Oh, that's all I can say to myself. Oh, Lord. So the angel answered Zacharias and said this now. Here we go. I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. And I'm sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. For some reason, I feel like Gabriel was kind of mad right there. Don't ask me. I'll ask him when I get to heaven. And behold. Thou shall be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Why? Because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. I feel like Gabriel had an attitude with that one. Because here he comes from out of the presence of God. Come.
this man to tell him his prayers have been answered. And then tell him he getting ready to get a son that's going to be a prophet. That's going to be a preacher. That none will be like him. He won't run the streets. He's not going to drink. He's not going to smoke. He's going to be an awesome child. How many of us have that promise for the children? We have none of us. But he get that. And it seemed like he responded with an attitude. And Gabriel had to go to the point and says, listen, I came out of the presence of God. It's almost like Gabriel was saying, listen. This ain't my word. The almighty God, creator of everything, sent me here, and you asking me some junk? <laughs> I feel like that's what Gabriel was saying when he says, I am Gabriel. I mean, I would have just fell on my face and started crying. All right, all right, just tell me. I am Gabriel. I said, oh, Lord. Father, we love you. Great is your faithfulness. We want your will to be done. We want your kingdom to come. Will you change hearts and minds today as you begin to speak through this oracle, Lord God? I pray that the hearts of your people will be receptive to the word of God. And Lord, we will become doers of the proclamation of your word today, Lord Jesus. I pray for hearts and minds to be transformed, lives to be changed, and the power of God to be unleashed and revealed. Jesus, will you help us today and draw us closer to you. Will you save us to the uttermost? Will you perform signs, wonders, and miracles? And Lord, if you see fit, send your angels to do what you want them to do. Command them, Lord God, and we will receive with gladness your glad tidings. We pray these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. Can everybody say amen? Will you clap your hands unto the Lord? As you're being seated. I've entitled the message of the Lord today, Blessed are they that believe. Blessed are they that believe. We like to feel like we're blessed. I'm blessed and highly favored. God is on my side. But... We can't just, or we can just say those words, but I don't know how much they mean or how truthful those words are because we have to be, we have to believe in order to be blessed. Uh huh. Zacharias responds to the angel Gabriel pronouncement was a response of un belief. There's a consequence to unbelief. And when Zacharias heard the word of the Lord that the angel spoke, he responded in unbelief. Mm -hmm. He was rebuked by the angel because of his unbelief. But I want you to know that angel Gabriel did nothing of his own. Everything Gabriel did was the commands of the Lord. He heard all that the angel had to say, Zacharias. 
did and should have rejoiced and bowed his head and worshipped the Lord, saying, Be it unto thy servant according to the word which thou hast spoken. When we hear a word from God, we don't need to go off to the left or to the right and do our own thing, but what we should say is, Who am I that the Lord God Almighty should speak to me? Who am I that the Lord will come and send his angels to tell me whatever he wants to say? Oh God, you looked at me that kind of way, and so I'm grateful, and I worship you. We ought to bow down and praise the Almighty God because he has spoken to us, because he has given us access to him. We got to realize that access to God is not like anything else in this world, and we ought to appreciate it when God begins to speak to us, when God begins to direct us. We got to realize that it's something supernatural and divine when God begins to speak to us. Somebody clap their hand and say thank you Jesus. Fred I don't know how God does it. He doesn't do it the same always. But God has a way of getting our attention. God has a way of directing our steps. God has a way of moving us the way He wants us to go. And we ought to thank Him for it. We ought to say, thank you, Jesus, for leading me into the house of God this morning. I could have been in my bed. I could have gone shopping. I could have went out to breakfast. I could have did something else. But Lord, You led me into your house, and I thank you for it this morning. We got to get an attitude of thanksgiving, an attitude of gratitude that God is moving in our lives, that God is speaking to us, that God is directing us. And if we don't do it, we won't hear from God. If we don't share, show an attitude of gratitude or response to God, we will not hear from Him. What they say, what they say, uh, 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 uh. Uh, a hard head make a soft behind. That's what they say. And when God is trying to speak to us and we don't appreciate it, when God is speaking to us and we ignore him, you know what? He just stops. And sooner or later, you're going to get yourself so jammed up. Sooner or later, you're going to get yourself so messed up. Sooner or later, you're going to get in such a bad situation that you won't have a choice but to call on the Lord. The man of God said it this morning. There's coming a time, if you haven't done it yet, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so if we don't respond now, there is coming a day, there is coming a time when we will bow and say, Jesus is Lord. But it may be too late. We're going to say it no matter what. We're either going to say it and make it into eternal life, or we're going to say it and be removed from his presence. Or we're going to say it one way or another. We're going to say it. We're going to say, oh my God, you really are God. And we've seen examples of that in the Bible. Uh Uh-huh. Ask the king. Ask the king, Nebuchadnezzar, ask him. 
when they say, Daniel, God is really God. And sooner or later, oh, somebody hear me this morning. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you're living for God and you're going on. And people may not believe what you're doing. They may not trust in what you're doing. They might not even listen to you. But I'm here to tell you one day, if you just keep on living for God, John, one day somebody's going to say, John's God is God. That God that John prayed to, he is the real God. That God that John worshipped, he is the real God. That God that causes John to talk in tongues, he is real. He wasn't fake. Because look now, and we all need to keep on going. Because somebody's going to say, your God is God. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. We get weary sometimes. And because we in the minority, we want to stop. No, no, no. Remember what I told you. The the minority are the right ones, not the majority. It's always that way. I I divert because I had so much worldly experience because I was a worldly and before I became a Christian. And let me tell you, in Las Vegas, they set the odds for every sporting event. Nobody breaks Vegas. You know why? Because we always go with the majority and Vegas is on the side of the minority and Vegas always got your money. We gamble thinking that we're going to win. Oh, you don't win all the time. This is why they said gambling is a big problem. Because you might win here and there, but nobody wins all the time when they gamble. You will always lose more than you win when you gamble. Uh, I might be touching something here, but that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. I can't tell you how it works. I just don't know how this works. I start saying stuff and I'm wondering why am I saying this stuff, but it's not me. It's the Holy Ghost. He knows everything. But I'm here to tell you, don't worry about the majority. Just worry about Jesus. And when you look around, when you're following Jesus, it will always look like you're rolling with the minority. But it's okay. Be afraid when you look around and you're rolling with the majority. So he responded to the angel, Zacharias respond in unbelief, and he was rebuked. He heard all that the angel had to say and should have rejoiced and bowed his head and worshipped the Lord, saying, Be it unto thy servant according to thy word. But he didn't do that. Instead, Zacharias challenged the pronouncement with disdain and unbelief. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we pray... For something for such a long time that when it finally happened, we respond to it in unbelief and with a bad attitude. And God detests an attitude of unbelief when he is being a blessing to you. You're praying, God, whatever you're praying. And hopefully you're praying the will of God because you're praying something crazy and nonsense. You're not going to hear that prayer answered by God anyway. But just say you're praying something right. Praying your spouse to get right. Lord, move on him. Lord, move on her. Years going by. Years going by. Same situation. Your relationship ain't working right. Lord, help this relationship. It ain't changing. And you get a bad attitude. And and now you start to act like this ain't never going to happen. You know what's one of our big issues, Zechariah's proof? This has always been something that I know about. 
But Zacharias just helped me out to understand it. <laughs> For years, things is wrong in a situation that you're hoping become right. And because it's so wrong, you decide to give up. I'm done. I'm done. Because you know how long I've been trying? You know how long I've been working, trying to just hang in there, trusting God? I'm done. Because they ain't changing. I'm done. And then one day, the preacher get up here and give you a word from God. And you act just like Zacharias. Because it's been so long that you've been praying for that to happen and it didn't happen. And finally now God decides, all right, let me work this thing out. Let me begin to do what I do because it's time now, my time. And God does it and you mad. All of a sudden God touch your spouse or touch your relationship and, and you mad now because there seemed to be a change and you can't respond and accept the change. You know why? Because you waited so long you develop a bad attitude and unbelief had set in. I'm here to tell you today, get the attitude right. I'm, I'm here today to tell you, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Don't you dismiss it. I don't care how long it's take. Uh, it's taken. Let me tell you this. It is crazy on our part to think we know when God should answer prayers. You pray prayers, God answer prayers. When he want and if he want. Do we... Can we pray understanding that? That when you pray, God will determine if he wants to answer your prayer and when he will answer your prayer. And you got to accept that. Now, I accept it. Why? Because I know he wants what's best for me. That's why I'm okay with it. That he answer it if he wants to. And when he wants to, because whatever he does on my behalf, it's for my best interests. I might not like the way it feels. I might not like the timing of it, but I know this for sure. Whatever God does in my life, it's for my best interests. We serve an awesome God, somebody. He is so good. He is so wonderful. He is so amazing. God, there is none like him. And I praise him. Hallelujah. Don't let your poor attitude and unbelief ruin your blessings. Zacharias responded of unbelief. Kind, his unbelief was kind of saying it like this. I can never be made to believe what you're saying, Gabriel. Let me tell you something. The more ridiculous something seems, the more you want to believe that it's God. We go the opposite in this world. If it seems ridiculous to believe, we like, that can't be God. <laughs> what kind of God you serve? <laughs> what kind of God you serving that you get a just ridiculous word from God and you just like, mm, that couldn't be God. I thought the Bible says with God all things are possible. So why that couldn't be God? So there's some, there's some things that God is saying. We come to church and God speaks some things and we hear it and we walk away saying, uh, even if we don't utter the words, we walk away with, 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 a, with, with an attitude or, 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 or with a body language saying, yeah, but I don't know. 
When are we going to respond to by saying, I believe God. God has spoken to me. And I look to God with expectation and anticipation of what he promised and what he will do. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to praise him because I believe what I just heard. Blessed are they that believe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let me tell you something you can do when the word of God come to you. This is what Zacharias did or didn't do or did but ignored. There are many instances in the Old Testament of those same situation that Zacharias was dealing with. How dare him responded in unbelief when he had proof that these things could happen. I always say this. I respect the Old Testament people because they didn't have any example prior to themselves. Y'all might have missed that. Who did Moses have as an example? Who did Abraham have as an example? God called him. He decided to go. He had nobody else that he could relate to say, how did that go? But the New Testament people, they had the Old Testament prophets and people to say, I remember, you know, and we acting like we all got it together. Like, oh, we're just wonderful. Yeah, we've got the Old Testament people. We've got the New Testament people. And now here we stand today. Why don't we believe? And so Zacharias, he had some proof to believe that God could do what the angel came and said God would do. Uh Uh-huh. But he didn't roll with that. He went on to say, for I am an old man and my wife had been barren all days and now well stricken in years. He wanted some kind of sign given to him. As proof that this can happen. A lot of times God has already given you the sign. And, and, and I don't know what else you're looking for. God already given some of you in here the sign of what you need to do in God and where you need to be in God. But you're still praying and, and trying to say, but God, if that's what you're going to do, show me. Show you what? He already gave you proof. Where's the proof, preacher? All right. Let me talk to you a little bit about this so you can figure out on your own where your proof is. Though the appearance of an angel, which had long been used in times past, was a sign, he still didn't believe. So the appearance of the angel should have made him believe, but he still didn't believe. Though he had this pronouncement given to him in the temple, in the church, the place of God's oracle where he had reason to think no evil angel would be permitted to come. He still didn't believe. Though it was given him when he was praying. So he was praying and it came and it happened when the angel showed up. He still didn't believe. Though a firm belief of that great principle of the faith that God has all power and with him nothing is impossible, he still didn't believe. Unbelief will ruin your blessings. And let me tell you, 
he had proof because there's a woman that's called Sarah that was barren and and, and God opened her womb at an old, old age and he had proof of people being barren. There's a Hannah and she was barren and didn't have any kids but God opened her womb. So that man Zacharias had proof that God could do it and that God had already done it and he still approached it with unbelief. What else does God need to show you to make you believe? What else does God need to do? Because church, we got to realize whatever God is telling us, whatever God is showing us, wherever God is taking us to, we don't need any more proof to follow. We don't need any more proof to respond positively. We just need to go. We just need to say yes. We just need to do what God says because there's plenty of proof that God has done these things already. Blessed are they that believe. Luke chapter 1 verse 26. I'm almost there. Unbelief will ruin your blessings. Zacharias, instead of him enjoying his son being born and all the good things that come with it, the angel had made him dumb and deaf. He couldn't hear and he couldn't speak. The whole pregnancy. The whole pregnancy. For nine months or eight months, whatever, how long. Dude couldn't hear and dude couldn't speak. So he couldn't even enjoy what was going on because of unbelief. When you have unbelief working, when God says something and and, and you're not believing it, you're going to be miserable. When God is speaking to you or has spoken to you and directing you and you don't want to believe, you're going to be miserable. And your misery is going to say, God, what have I done that I'm going through this? You're not believing me is what God is saying. You're not believing him. And that's why you're miserable. Because if you will believe God, you will experience blessings beyond your measure. If you will believe him. And so we're looking for God to do stuff that God says, it's already a done deal in my mind, but you're not believing. (laughs) When you start believing, you will become blessed. But as long as you keep questioning and looking for proof, then you're going to be miserable. Zacharias was miserable the whole pregnancy time of his wife because he would not believe. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Let's read some more. We got a lot of reading to do here. And I'll get you out in a short while. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, here goes my man again that scared me to death. (laughs) Gabriel was sent from God, here we go again, unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind, what manner of salutation this should be. 
And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Did you read Mary doing anything to find favor with God? So don't think you're special when you find favor with God. God decides who he wants to show favor to. It's just that simple. God decided, Fred, God decided to show you favor. You, you don't know what's going on in that fire station, Fred, but guess what? I'm going, I don't care what. I'm going to show you some favor. Go in there. I'm going to show you something, Fred. So Mary found favor, and she didn't do one thing. We don't have to kiss up to earn God's favor. God is a good God. God loves you even before you loved him. God is kind and faithful and merciful, and it doesn't take nothing of you doing. It's just God. It's his attitude. It's his attribute. It's his character to just show you favor, to just love you and show you kindness because he's God. Can I talk to some of you? The Christian people that want to make themselves seem extra special, pay them no mind. They're not that special. Because God showed Mary favor. And I'm getting ready to show you what kind of person Mary was. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's move on. What verse am I at? 30? And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. And bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. I, I don't have time to explain all of that to you. I hope you, you, you caught all of this, but this is for another day. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever nobody has a forever in their life and of his kingdom there shall be no end you go find me a king that his kingdom his reign will never end because there's only one king where his reign never ends then said mary unto the angel how shall this be seeing i know not a man I wonder if she's doing the same thing that Zacharias did. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Overshadow me, Lord. Overshadow. I pray that prayer all the time. Because when God overshadow you, the miraculous take place. Will you pray that prayer sometimes? God overshadow me like you overshadowed Mary. Not for a baby, but for the miraculous things of God to overshadow me. But I can tell you what, my girl in the back there, God, come here. Let me just touch you and pray that prayer so God's will can be done. Oh, in the name of Jesus, God overshadow her like you overshadowed Mary. Just the same way. 
way. God, we are asking according to thy word, not according to our understanding, because we don't know what you did when you overshadowed Mary, but if you will overshadow your child right now and produce in her a baby, I pray a baby boy in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, oh God, thy will be done, overshadow her, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Let me run back up here, let God do what God's going to do, because we can't do nothing. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she had also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For God, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Now look where we are in the scripture, because two worlds are colliding and we're getting ready to go somewhere. You got an older woman that was barren that couldn't have no baby. And God overshadowed her and she was impregnated with John the Baptist. Then you got this virgin girl, young girl, young girl, without husband, young girl, that the power of God will overshadow her and impregnate her. With a baby boy. Opposite ends of the spectrum. God is showing us something here. Jump down to Luke 145 and be and blessed is she that believed. So apparently Mary believed. Even in her response, Mary believed. Here is how you can tell Mary believed. Listen to me, church. Let me just teach this right here. We know John had unbelief because John had proof that what was prophesied to him was already done in times past. So why was he questioning it? What was prophesied to Mary had never been done before. So when she was asking, she wasn't asking in a derogatory way, in an unbelief way. She was asking like almost saying, what do I need to do to make this happen? So she was with it. But the other one had an issue with it. <laughs> oh, I'm all over the place in my nose now. But I might as well go with it. You've been hearing me say this. Be careful when you've been in church a long time. And begin to allow stuff to mess with you and get you all messed up in your thinking because you can become such a church person that you start to hear truth and you start to dismiss it because you've been around so long. You've heard it so many times and so you starting to treat it like no big deal. But let me tell you something. My man Fred here, he ain't hear this kind of preaching. I don't know when if he ever. So he's soaking it up. He ain't got to tell me what's going on. I know how God works and what God does is uh, he will reach for those of us uh, that will just be like a little child. That will be like a babe and say, Jesus uh, I don't understand all of it but will 
you talk to me? Will you tell me what you want me to do? Because whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Wherever you want me to go, Jesus, that's where I'm going to go. I'm a babe. I don't know much. But if you will tell me, I will do what you want. And that's what the babes will do. That's what the young ones will do. But those of us that have been around for a long time, we want to question God because of our unbelief. Don't you become one of those people that's been in church a long time and you've been here so long that you're questioning God, that you've got a whole lot of unbelief in your life. You better start calling those things that are not as though they were. You better start believing God again. You better start praying God overshadow me. I don't want to be a person that will be of unbelief because I've been around too long, because I've heard your word for so long. I want your word to be fresh again in my life, that when I hear hear it. I will receive it. I will respond to it in faith, with belief. I don't want to hear the Word of God and treat it like it's any other word. I want to hear the Word of God and believe it and respond to it. I don't care how long I've been living for God. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody need to praise Him. Somebody need to thank Him. Because your deliverance has come. Your salvation has come. Your son, your God has come to move you to a new dimension in Him. You can't do it, church. You don't want to fall into that trap of hearing this word for so long and treat it like Zacharias did. You want to treat this word like Mary did and say, God, I hear you. I don't understand it all, but show me and I will do what you want me to do. Listen, back in the day, maybe this is my youngness in pastorialship talking. My oldest son told me this long time, and I believe him. I believe this. And that is, olden days, you know, the preacher is holy than thou. He's anointed. Don't get too close to him. Don't talk to him. And he walk around with this reverential kind of way. But I am here to tell you, church, I'm not that kind of preacher. Because what preachers will tell you and people will say, be careful, don't get so close to the preacher. Because, uh, you know, you get close to him, you won't reverence him as he's supposed to. Listen, I'm a man that's flawed. I'm going to make mistakes. I've made some mistakes. I've, I will make more mistakes. I'm just a flawed human being just like you. I try my best to be more righteous than, I've, than unrighteous. And I'm going to live for God till the day that I die doing everything that I can. But I'm going to make mistakes. But don't you ever let my mistake cause you to question God. God is almighty. He don't make no mistakes. He don't do no wrong. He loves you. And so you don't need me to validate who God is. I know I'm his servant. I know I'm supposed to represent him, but God Almighty is the one who works in your life. God is the one that will do things for you, not the preacher. And so while I'm always going to be normal, I'm always going to be normal. I'm sorry. I'm rubbing against everybody. I'm chilling with everybody because I'm going to be as normal as I can. I don't know no other way. I can't be the reverential man walking around. Watch yourself now. The preacher's coming. Make way for the preacher to come through. 
can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm one of y'all. I just happen to be the one that God chose to preach the word. But we're all serving in the kingdom of God. We're all ministering in the temple. And all of us have something to do in Christ. I just happen to be the one to say, okay, I'm going to lead the way and I'm going to preach the gospel. But you all have things to do as well. There's preacher in here as well. There's evangelists in here. There's all kind of godly people in here as well. We're doing this together. And so the Bible says she's blessed because she believes for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul, after all of that was said, listen to Mary's response. This is where I want to get to church. This is where I want this church to get to. Look at Mary's response. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. When you're going to let your inner being begin to praise God? When you're going to let your inner being just begin to come outside of you? Whatever is happening in you, when you're hearing the word of God, when the spirit of God is moving on you, whatever you're feeling on the inside, won't you let it come out because God is working. God wants to do something. And Mary magnified the Lord and my spirit had rejoiced in God my Savior. Mary said her spirit rejoiced for he had regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed uh, for he that is mighty had done to me great things uh, and holy is his name uh, and his mercy is on them uh, that fear him from generation to generation uh, he had shown strength uh, with his arm uh, he had scattered the proud uh, in the imagine somebody the word of God he had scattered the proud In the imagination of their heart, God will not allow any prideful person to come before him. When you come before God, talking about you worshiping God, when you come before God, talking about you praising God with your pride all in front of you, God will cause your heart to be scattered, your imagination to just be all kind of ways. Because God will not accept that because here is God, everything you are. Everything you can be is totally dependent on me. And you're going to come in front of me with your pride? You're going to come in front of me like you're something? God will not accept that from any one of us. He had put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of a low degree. Is that telling you something? Here are key words. Pride. So you know Mary didn't have pride. Uh Uh-huh. Let's move a little bit. And he said he had exalted them of low degree, which means that Mary was of a low degree and had filled the hungry with good things. It meant Mary was hungry. He is telling you what she was, but showing you also what it is for everybody to be like for him to do the same to them. And the rich he had sent away empty. If you think you got it all, he said, go ahead, you got it all. He ain't giving you nothing. But if you come to him and says, I have nothing, 
Mm, you better learn how to deal with God Almighty. When you come before God, I have nothing to offer but my sacrifice of praise. God, I have nothing to offer but my worship. I have nothing to offer you, God, but just giving you my heart because there is nothing that I have because, God, I realize you own everything. All the money is yours. All of this world is yours. There is nothing that exists that is not yours because it all exists because of you. You have given me the freedom, the liberty, the right to choose you or not choose you. But God, I choose you. God, I give myself to you because I have nothing else. My money means nothing because it's really your money. Oh God, nothing that I have is valued at anything. But my life will I give to you. My heart will I give to you. I will bow down and worship you. I will praise you because that's all I have to offer you. Now you understand why worship is so important. Now you understand why pray because we don't have anything else to offer him. What are you going to do? Offer him something he already owned? Can you imagine? Just just imagine going to a car dealership. Dude own car dealership and you drive a nice car like this brother here drive. Go back to the uh, Lincoln dealership and go to the, the owner and says, listen, I tell you what, I got a good deal for you. I'm going to offer you this car. He's going to look at you and says, you see this lot out here? You see all them cars on this lot? It's mine. So how are you going to bring me your car? Talking about you off- that ain't offering me nothing. Well, that's how we're operating and we don't even realize it. We're coming to God all the time bringing something. We think, oh, you know, we get all tense up about money. And we get all tense up about all this. And God is like, really? You think that's really yours, huh? (laughs) Okay, go ahead and keep on thinking it's really yours. Because it's not yours. You don't own nothing. The only thing I allow you to possess and control is your life. That's the only thing. That's the only thing I allow you to own and possess is your life. So the only time you get to any place with God is when you can give over to him the only thing you have control of. You don't have control over nothing else. Even our money today we think we have control of. All God got to do is let the money system crash. So we don't really have control over anything. And we're so close to our money system being all electronic. And when the money system become all electronic, then we really in trouble. We already in trouble. Don't even get into it. We already. But just think about when it all become electronic, and 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 our electronic system decide to crash, and you can't access nothing, and nobody know what you own or have. What's going to happen then? What's going to happen? You, you go to the bank and they say, ah, the system is down. You go to the Mac machine, ah, the system is down. What you got then? You don't have anything. So just start operating like you have nothing now. He had hoped in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Mary, here we are, finishing up right here. I'll let you know I'm finishing up. Mary made a just inquiry, unlike Zacharias. Get that right. So when Mary asked the Lord, how should this be? She wasn't being uh, disrespectful or she wasn't demonstrating unbelief. She wanted to know, how can I help out? That's what she wanted to know. 
How can I presently conceive a child when I am not when I have not known a man? Understand that this was this had never happened before. Nobody had ever get, gotten pregnant without knowing a man, without in vitro. That wasn't going on. In vitro wasn't going on. Knowing a man that that just never happened. So how is that going to work? Uh huh. And so, let me say this to you. Believing or blessed are they that believe. Believing souls are blessed souls. Now, here's where I'm going today. This is where the message is closing at. Your belief expresses itself. Your belief expresses itself. Your belief speaks. Your belief don't stay quiet. Your belief speaks. Expressions of joy and praise must be directed to God and God alone if you say you believe God. Observe how Mary's belief spoke to God. Her heart had rejoiced in the Lord. Her soul had magnified the Lord. And so because she believed that God had placed inside of her womb a son, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, Almighty God, because she believed that, she rejoiced in the Lord and she magnified the name of Jesus. Even Mary, the mother of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, understood that God Almighty needed to be praised. Jesus is the Almighty God manifest in flesh. And she knew she had to praise him. Those of us who have submitted to Jesus Christ, that he may be your Lord, that he may be your Savior, you should rejoice and praise him. If you believe that Jesus, how it doesn't even make good sense to me that we can call the Lord our Savior without praising him. Just think about that. Just think about, oh, forget about getting to heaven because that's where we always think about. But just think about being in a situation with no way out and God came and rescued you. Wouldn't you just automatically begin to praise him? But I think maybe we don't really realize that he is your Savior and that every day you wake up, he's saving you. And that every day you go about your business he's saving you because if we believe that we will begin to live our life as a life of praise as a life of worship as a life of thanksgiving because I realize God when I wake up you're saving me when I go about my business you're saving me I know one day heaven will be my home but today I'm not in heaven therefore I am being saved even now, because you are my Savior. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's how we're supposed to think, that if he's my Savior, i got to say, blessed be the name of the Lord, because he is saving me. But do we believe he's saving us? 
Or do we just think he's supposed to do it? You know, children take advantage of their, bad word, children just disregard their parents a lot of times what the parents do because they expect their parents to do it. And I think we have taken that same attitude towards God. Yep. We don't, we don't deal with our parents with thanksgiving. I appreciate what you're doing. The clothes that you wear. You're not appreciating it. You just think, hey, I'm their child. He's supposed to put clothes on me. Hey, I'm their child. They're supposed to give me money to go to school. Hey, I'm their child. They're supposed to pay for me to do this. And we just roll like that. And we get that same attitude when we come into church. He God. He's supposed to save me. He God. He's supposed to make a way. He God. He's supposed to protect me. And no reverence for him and appreciation for him. We just want to go on and do our thing. But when you go on like that, you can't be blessed. I know you think you're blessed. Because even that word blessings, we think, means something. Let me slip this in before I end this message today. There's a scripture in, in, in Luke 16. I think it's somewhere, probably verse 15 or 16 somewhere, that talk about the things of this world that men garner fame from is not the things that God look on as favor. And so we live our life. We've been, we're, we, we got to come back from being the majority. Church, it just comes down to stop being the majority. Because the majority say we celebrate the rich and famous. That's what the majority say. The majority say those that are rich, those that are famous, that's who get the spotlight. That's who we think highly of. LeBron James got 50 million followers on Facebook. That's who we think highly of. And God wants us to know those things are not the things that move his needle. We're in the majority and we're supposed to be Christians. Christians, God says, the people who I look upon is the ones that worship me. The ones that that praise me. The one that give their life. The one that obey me. Those are the one that are blessed. But we want to feel like the ones that are blessed are the ones that have it going on in this world. And we are so far away to not realize that in God's way of seeing things, the ones that may not be what you see with your eye as blessings may be the ones that are really blessed. Because we're believing the majority. We're believing the majority that, oh, when you got it going on, you got the money. You got a nice place. People know you. That, that's the thing that's important. Let me tell you something. Mary, some of you will appreciate it. The Bible says her soul rejoiced in the Lord. He has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. That's what the scripture says. He has chosen her to dishonor, notwithstanding her poverty. So first thing I want you to know is Mary didn't have money. She wasn't rich. Uh huh. 
and she, she, there was some kind of obscurity with her. What kind of obscure, obscurity? It could be that she was the least of them in her father's house. It seems as if she was under some peculiar contempt and disgrace among her relatives. I was just talking about this with someone. Some of you have already experienced this, but we see this all the time in families. There's some people in their family that you're not the one that's looked upon as great as anybody in your family. There are There's somebody else in your family. It could be a brother, sister. It could be a cousin or somebody that they thought, oh, this person is so wonderful. And you weren't looked upon as wonderful because that's what families do. I don't know why we do it, but we somehow decide we want to choose who is the one that's supposed to be celebrated. Who is the one that is supposed to be the one we kind of guide because they're going to be the most successful and families do these things and put people on pedestal and then other people ah you're not going to be anything families do that and so some of you may already experience that Mary was that in her family Mary was that kind of person in her family. She wasn't going to be the one. She wasn't the light-skinned one, according to some of the black people. She wasn't the pretty one with long hair, according to some other people. She just wasn't that one. She just didn't have it. So the family kind of put her to the side. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. She wasn't the smartest one. But that's the one God chose. How about that? How about that? When are we going to get the understanding how God operates? That while people might not treat you right, while people might not look upon you as the one that's going to be the most successful and the one that's going to be brilliant, why don't you stop worrying about that and put your eyes on Jesus? Because Jesus knows what he has planned for you. Jesus knows, but maybe you don't want what Jesus has for you. I'm convinced. Some of us don't want what God has for us. And so the day will come when you're going to realize, I should have wanted what God wanted for me. Come in church and you don't let this affect you. God saw, listen to this. God is showing us a pattern. I'm done. I'm, all, I'm, I'm out of here. Give me three minutes. God saw that Leah was hated, so he opened her womb. Genesis 29, 31. Because Hannah was provoked and made to fret and insulted over and over by Paniah, God gave her a son. Who people wrongfully depress and despise, God will bestow honor upon them. I'm speaking to someone in here today. Hear this clear word from God. Who people have done wrong. People may have treated you wrong. People may have despised you and detested you. Uh, but God sent you to this little church here in the firehouse because he's getting ready to do something ridiculously awesome in your life. And all he wants you to do is just hold on. All he wants you to do is trust him. All he wants you to do is believe him. Because all the things you have experienced in life and how you have been treated is going to become a distant memory in a little bit. Oh, just hold on, somebody, because God is wanting me to tell you that your past will become a distant memory. The things you have experienced will become a distant memory. But today, 
Hallelujah. God wants you to believe him. He doesn't want you to be like Zacharias. He said, be like Mary, because when I spoke to her, she believed me. She said, oh God, what can I do to help make this possible? And so today, God is calling on somebody to say, you ask God, what can you do to make it possible of what he wants to do in your life? Because God has called you to the kingdom for such a time as this. And you need not to worry. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the right hand. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the left hand. God has called you to the kingdom because he wants to bless you. But he says, blessed are they that believe. And if we will believe Jesus today, he's going to overwhelm you with blessings. If you will believe Jesus today, he's going to overshadow you with blessings. I know you have struggled for a mighty long time. I know you've gone through some situations and wanted to give up. Some around you has already given up. But I'm here to tell you, hear me loud and clear. God is calling you because he is showing you favor. He is showing you favor that you would not be able to comprehend. God is saying, come on to me, my child. I'm going to do something miraculously amazing within your life. Just hold on now. Just trust me right now. Just walk in my statues right now because I got a blessing for you. I've got a blessing stored up for you. You just need to believe me. You just need to follow me because I got a blessing for you. Somebody believe the Lord today. Somebody believe the Lord today. Somebody believe the Lord today. God is looking for people that will believe him. A people that will say, God, I trust you. A people that will say, God, whatever you command, that will I do. A people that will say yes to his will and yes to his way. Stand with me. Zacharias received the good news about the conception and the birth of his son with unbelief. He did not rejoice and praise the Lord even when he had a point of reference from things God had done in the past similar to what God was ready to do for him. Zacharias was a priest. He served in the church, but he didn't believe God. Mary, on the other hand, She received the good news about the conception and birth of her son, the Messiah, the Savior, and she believed God. She inquired as to how she can assist in the process. Then she believed so strongly that she began to rejoice. She began to praise God for his goodness towards her, for showing her favor and kindness. I'm here to tell you, if you will praise God and thank him for showing you favor and kindness, the blessings of God will flow in your life like you've never seen before. Numbers 23 and 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Had he said it and shall he not do it or had he spoken and shall he not make it good God can't lie about what he says and I'm telling you when we truly believe God we will express our belief our belief has an expression our belief speaks 
You can't say you believe and there is no verbiage. You can't say you believe and there is no action because our belief speaks. Our belief speaks. It's the language of rejoicing. It's a language, an expression of rejoicing. It's, a, it's an expression of praise. It's an expression of worship, an expression of thanksgiving. That's what we do when we believe. Our attitude will determine the blessedness we will experience. Somebody go before the Lord this afternoon. Somebody go before the Lord. Rejoice, praise him, worship him. Let there be thanksgiving in your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are thankful today for your word. But more than that, we're thankful for who you are, Lord Jesus. My soul rejoiceth in thee, O God. Lord, I pray and ask today, Lord, O God, that somebody will surrender their life to you. Somebody will give their life to you. God, I worship you, and I honor your name. You are wonderful. You are kind. You are mighty. You are miraculous. There is none like you. There is none that's worthy of all the praises and all the glory and all the honor. Only you, oh God, is worthy of the praises. Is worthy of the honor. Be glorified in my heart, Lord. Be glorified in my mind, Lord. Be glorified, Lord God, in my life. Be glorified in my home. Be glorified in this church. Be glorified in this community. Be glorified, almighty God, in the homes of the people of God here today. For God, we honor you and worship you. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Somebody hold on to the unchanging hand of God. Somebody surrender your life today to Him and let Him have His way with you. Somebody call on the name of Jesus and begin to thank him uh, begin to demonstrate uh, your appreciation uh, all because you believe him uh, because if you believe him uh, you will appreciate him father have your way today have your way, Jesus. Somebody lift your hand and just call in the name of the Lord. Just for one minute, let out all of your thoughts. Let out your heart. Let out everything. And let God have his way in your life. Let God overshadow you with his power that you will never be the same again. That your life will be different from today. That you will have an attitude of gratitude. And that you will begin to praise him and worship him and rejoice in him and show thanksgiving because he's been good to you he's been good to you oh yes blessed are they that believe is there any believer in the house of God today hallelujah